Next, this month's special series focus on disaster medicine and preparedness. Unforeseen disasters carry unique challenges and learning opportunities. This month, we present conversations that scrutinize our plans and protocols and ask, how prepared are we? How will we react? During and after a disaster, medical professionals see patients who walk up to a medical station, into an emergency room, or into our offices. What do we do for these patients when they're settled in the hospitals and nursing homes during a disaster? How do we evacuate patients safely during a disaster? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing generic drugs for new uses. And with me is Dr. John Simkovich, Director of Public Health for South Carolina and on the National Council of Readiness and Preparedness. Dr. Simkovich has 24 years of Navy experience and is speaking to us today as a private medical professional. Dr. Simkovich and I are discussing the issues surrounding patient evacuation from hospitals, nursing homes, or other settings during a disaster. Dr. Simkovich, welcome to ReachMD. Oh, thank you. What issues affect the safe evacuation of patients from hospitals, nursing homes, and other settings during a disaster? I think the number one thing is are the plans that are available by those facilities and the nature of the disaster. You know, if you have a fire, it's one thing to evacuate patients safely or a tornado threat or some other type of local incident that's only affecting one facility. It becomes a much bigger problem when you're dealing with something like a hurricane that's coming into an area where you have a countless facilities or numerous facilities that have to be evacuated and patients moved during the course of an evacuation. The Joint Commission requires hospitals to have evacuation plans, and here, at least in our state, the and I'm hospitals also have, by state regulation, have to have plans to move patients out, and so do nursing homes, to, to a safe location of like kind. It becomes problematic because of resources. What resources are available, and are there enough resources available to move patients safely out of an area? So, Dr. Simkovich, can you take us through what happens during an individual hospital evacuation? So let's say there is a tornado or a fire, something like that. What happens? The plan is in place, and they would automatically go through an incident command structure inside of the hospital, which is hikes or hicks, which would tell people who have responsibility to do what. To get patients out safely, they would coordinate with the emergency management division in the community where they live, and they would help to bring in resources that would facilitate the safe evacuation. Let's say it was was limited to one location, to one facility. If you have something larger like a hurricane approaching, then it's up to each facility, at least in our state, to have the resources or contract with resources to transport patients out safely. And this will have to happen days ahead of time before the impact of the storm. So... For private physicians who aren't involved in this kind of a hospital thing, how long does a hospital evacuation take? Is this a three-hour process? Is this a two-day process? Give us some idea about that. Oh, it'll be a several-day process, depending on how far they have to go to get to safety, the availability of ambulances, and it always comes down to the point where a decision has to be made whether it's a greater risk to a patient to evacuate them or to leave them in place. And that always becomes very difficult because there always seems to be some patients who have to stay in place, and it's just 
they just can't be transported. How do you decide who stays with them when they're in the hospital and have to stay during that kind of a disaster? Well, that depends on each individual hospital. They're independent organizations, and they make that decision with their their medical staff who's going to be there and who's going to be remain behind with those patients. How does a local physician obtain information about a local hospital evacuation plan? I think, you know, if they have privileges at that hospital, I think they really, they can find out who, through the emergency coordinator for that facility, or disaster coordinator, to, and I think they really should know what those facilities' plans are. So the patients that they've admitted, they know how they will be transported, they will know where they'll be going in the event a disaster should strike. So I think every physician should be familiar with his hospital's plans, evacuation plans, emergency operation plans, whatever they're called in your facility, but read them over, at least have a working knowledge of what will take place if an emergency should strike. Does a typical hospital do an evacuation training exercise? Oh, they train. They're mandated to have training from the Joint Commission every year. They have strict requirements that they have to meet. So, yes, they have, they have training exercises. And how many people are typically involved in one of these training exercises? It could depend. It depends on who's coordinating the exercise with the community. Usually there are community events, at least they are here in our area. And if it's a large-scale event, including fire, police, and EMS, it could be anywhere 100, 150 people could be involved, along with the, the hospitals or more people could be involved in the event. Did the public health department in South Carolina learn anything from the Katrina disaster that's going to be helpful in the future when you deal with hurricanes? Not only us, I think everybody in the whole country has learned something from that event that you have to plan. And even when you do plan, you can't always be assured of what will happen next. We used to think for 72 hours that that help would come in. Now we're thinking more along five days. Rather be thinking that no help will come for five days and be very pleasantly surprised that happens in 24 or 36 or 72 hours, but to be prepared for a longer stay just because of the scope and the, of the disaster. I mean, Katrina was a massive event for sort of overwhelmed the system, and it just took longer to get resources in. So we're trying to think along those lines. I think that was one of the key learning things from Katrina. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Dr. John Simkovich, Director of Public Health for one of the regions in South Carolina. So, John, who coordinates community evacuations? Community evacuations is really coordinated through emergency management on the state level and then down to the local emergency managers here in South Carolina, at least in each one of our individual counties, are the ones who coordinate that evacuation. And in a typical exercise, how many different organizations are involved in evacuating patients? In evacuating patients, what happens is it works for the Emergency Operations Center, and the EOC, I sit there in what's called ESF-8, or Emergency Support Function 8, which coordinates medical services. Up in the state level, there's a duplicate system, and we will work with the state representatives and work with the hospitals to try to get the smooth transition of patients out. So to give you an actual number would be very difficult. There's multiple, multiple people are involved in the process. Now, each individual hospital is making those relationships with, with the individual ambulance providers to transport the patients out and, and with receiving facilities out of the state or in, in another portion of the state. 
So there's a lot of people involved that would be just too numerous to mention. And do you have an issue when you have to take patients across state lines during a disaster? No, not really. I mean, these relationships are made ahead of time with receiving facilities. Agreements are made between the individual hospitals, and I've never heard of an issue arising. Are there public-private partnerships that are involved in these kinds of evacuations? Oh, I think a public-private partnership that we have is with public health and with the hospital community. I mean, we work with them all the time to try to to facilitate planning, to facilitate information between the nursing homes, the hospitals, and even home health care to make sure that we can get patients and, and those who need transport out of the community safely. How do you keep track of all of these patients? If, how many beds do you have in a typical hospital in your region? Typical hospital, probably anywhere from three to 400 beds. And as you transport these patients out, how do you keep track of where everybody is? That individual hospital keeps track of that. They keep track of where their patients are being transported to, and, and that's because they have these arrangements made ahead of time. And that's really controlled, not by my level, but out of another division in South Carolina. And what can physicians do to locate their patients? Who do they go through, the original hospital, or is there some other system? Through the original hospital, they would be the one who would know best where individual patients went. And the same thing for families? Same thing with for families. The families would know where they were going. And what do physicians do after the patients have left to manage that situation? Well, it depends on whether they're needed to be inside of their the hospital where they have privileges to assist with other people who might be coming in after the storm who, who are injured. They may be evacuate to a nearby area so that they could come back afterwards to assist in helping the community to revitalize. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Dr. John Simkovich, Director of Public Health for one of the regions in South Carolina. Do you ever have to evacuate the physicians and medical personnel with the patients in order to make sure you have enough surge capacity wherever they're being transported to? That will happen also depending on the where they're going and again that's made that decision is made by the individual hospital to hospital relationship. And what kind of experience have you had with patients being transferred to your region from other disasters? We haven't had any come in here. You're speaking about with something called the NDMS system. We were scheduled to have some patients flown in here during the Katrina event, but it never materialized. But it did bring about a great deal of collaboration between all of our facilities here locally. They all, when we were told that we were going to receive about 500 patients, pulled together in an outstanding manner with, along with EMS, fire, police, uh, state law enforcement division, all partnered together to respond very effectively and were ready to receive patients at a moment's notice. Do you change what you're doing depending on the time of the year, for example, hurricane season versus winter? Hurricane season here for us is probably the biggest time, but we have a number of different risk factors that we worry about. We just always try to be prepared for just about anything that can come our way. We have one of the largest earthquake falls east of the Mississippi runs through our area, so it's always a risk on any given day. And what was the last time they had an earthquake in South Carolina? 1880s or 1890s, and I can't give you the exact date. I can't remember that one. So do people get worried now that you must be due for one? I don't wouldn't say that people get worried <laughs> that we're going to be due for one. I think they're aware that it's out there, but life just goes on. And do you have a plan in place for 
evacuation of patients, considering that that might tear up roads and make evacuation difficult? That will be difficult to do, and there are plans, but what makes it difficult is that you don't know what infrastructure will be remaining. You don't know how, how badly affected the institutions will be to, to evacuate patients. So a lot of it is dependent with contingency plans on how you're going to move people out. Will they have to be transported by helicopter if you get them out of the facility to another location? Will it? So it, it's hard to answer your question, but we do have plans in place. Patient evacuation during a disaster is a crucial element of security and preparedness. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Dom Simkovich, for helping us understand how the physician community works together to safely evacuate patients and how to continue to treat the needy during a disaster. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing generic drugs for new uses. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Disaster Medicine and Preparedness. For a program guide and complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com and download ReachMD's new iPhone application, Medical Radio. Listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160. Plus, CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download the Medical Radio app today.